BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Queen Elizabeth makes some rare public appearances and Prince Harry calls for new laws to protect children on social media. And, you know, the Duke of Sussex has really seen the ugliest side of the internet. He really knows how terrible it can be and how little these companies do to protect people. Prince William gets booed at an FA Cup match as he and Duchess Kate share a touching visit with BBC host Deborah James. Prince William went to her house to present her with her damehood because obviously she's not going to an investiture anytime soon. Um, it was just so moving. And I think that this is such a, a beautiful example of the magic that the royal family holds in that they can do this for this woman and her family and you know the people that have, you know they can recognize this work. Yeah. And Simon Durant, the general manager of the Derby Epsom Downs, tells us how they are getting ready for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Having Her Majesty join us um, every year puts that added bit of pressure onto all of us because we want to make it right. And this year is without exception. We want to make sure that, that she has a great time. But equally, we want to make sure that all of our spectators have a good time. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine, and welcome to another big week of royal news, Christine. There's a lot to get to. The queen is I, out and about. This is, cr I know it's been such a fun week, but I'm again getting really excited as we get closer to the Jubilee. There's so many fun events going on um, in celebration of Her Majesty. And so it, there's so much to get into this week. So much. So let's get right into it. Let's see what you guys had to say about last week's show. So Daniel says, my opinion on the Prince Charles as king is that his reign will be a lot like Edward VIII meaning not only will he exceed expectations, but he'll do the job brilliantly. Plus, he'll have a terrific support system in Camilla, Camilla William, and Catherine, as well as Anne and the Westerses. Yeah, so, I mean, people are, you know, looking towards the future and, you know, kind of evaluating or having an opinion on how Prince Charles will reign. Yeah, I think it's a good point that he really does have a great support system around him of adults. You know, it's really uncommon for... Um, you know, the sovereign to come into this role as an adult with kind of an adult support system of family around them. Definitely. All right. Next one goes to Eunice says, I'm hoping that during the time that Lilibet will receive her christening at the Windsor Chapel family, um, but with family, I mean, that's an interesting thing to say. I mean, maybe Lilibet will have her christening while they are um, at Windsor during the Platinum Jubilee. It would be so, it's such a busy weekend, especially we talked last week about how, you know, members of the royal family are going to different, you know, countries within the United Kingdom. I would be shocked if they could squeeze that in right. unless it was really, really private, you know, maybe just Meghan, Harry, Lilibet, Archie and the Queen, you know, something really small like that that yeah. they could squeeze in. No, definitely. Unless they are, maybe, maybe they'll extend their stay. You know, maybe they'll do it the following weekend. Who knows? I mean, it's definitely uh, an interesting point. So we'll have to keep a lookout. And then finally says, Connie says, I disagree. Who are we to put a label on Harry? 
son, grandson, royal, scamp, soldier, veteran, cadet, charity founder, mover, and shaker, celebrity CEO, his past and present, it's all part of who he is. It's like saying his first 35 years don't count. Just because Harry chose to leave England to protect his family does not mean he is no longer a Saxon, a prince, a veteran, or a grandson, son, brother, or uncle to all the heirs to the throne. Why should he choose between his families? He loves them all. I mean, that's a good point, too. I mean, you know, he doesn't have to choose. I just... I think what she was saying last week is that it just seems like the lines are a little blurry between whether or not they want to remain royals or want to be celebrities or want a mix of both. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it, it is true that he has so much experience in those first 35 years with all the important work that he's done. Um, and I think a lot of people are just hoping he can still utilize that in a meaningful way in the future. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's get into the big news this week and get into our Royal Roundup because Queen Elizabeth is out and about making multiple public public appearances over the past few days. She attended Paddington Station to see the Elizabeth line and marked her first major Platinum Jubilee event. She was driven the short distance from her Windsor Castle home to see three of her fell ponies take part in the race. This is very exciting. She watched the event from the comfort of her Range Rover. I mean, as a queen should do, and was overjoyed to see one of them uh, win the Highland class. Um, later in the morning, she was driven to the main arena and was seen walking slowly to a lift aided by a walking stick. And then she made her way to a seat, which, uh, and she sat next to her son, Prince Edward. So it's great to see her uh, taking the stands. She obviously loves horse racing. So this was really exciting to see her. And I believe her granddaughter was participating in the event as well, right? Yeah, Lady Louise um, does carriage riding, which is a, a hobby she she picked up from you know her from the Duke of Edinburgh, and it's so lovely to see her continuing that. I'm sure it's emotional both for Lady Louise and for the Queen to see. I think there were rumors that she, Lady Louise was driving the Duke's carriages or you know somehow using his equipment, mm -hmm. um, carrying on that legacy. But it's amazing to see the Queen out and about, especially since she looks so happy. I mean. <laughs> She did. She, did. she had the she, biggest smile on her the face. Biggest smile. Um, we know that she loves horses. I mean, I think that's one of her her deep loves of her life is horses and sort of the horse racing world. Um, but it was just so good to see her. She did look. She looked ha healthy and happy and really spry. I was no, really. She amazing. did. She did. And then like uh, later on that evening, she went to the Windsor Horse Show's performance of a gallop through history, which looked really, really interesting. This is a televised event um, celebrating her Platinum Jubilee, and it featured acting and musical performances as well as horse displays and welcome presenters among the likes of Tom Cruise and Helen Mirren. So um, yes, I mean, and the the uh, smile in her seat while she was kind of taking this all in was uh, ear to ear as well. I know this was, I, I actually watched part of this, but I have to admit, I got tired and went to bed before it was over. So I, again, I don't know how the queen does it, um, but I loved, there's a, there were a couple of really funny moments. Um, uh, one of them was when uh, one of the presenters congratulated the queen on skipping out on the state opening of parliament, but showing up for this uh, Royal Windsor horse show, which she gave, uh, you know, like a, a little wave, you know, at, um, that was very funny. And I love that. Looking back, only the queen could do that sort of thing and we'd forgive her for and it. Of course. Right. And then there was another really funny moment where um, someone said, you know, the heartbeat of this nation has been the same for 70 years and that's the heartbeat of the queen. And she kind of does like a shrug and is like, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's just very, 
she is it, again it just showed how she really looked healthy and happy and you know energetic for her for her age for everything that's been going on so i was so happy to see all of yeah, this no i mean she missed out she's been missing out on a couple of events because of mobility issues they said and she seemed to be in good spirits healthy and you know out and about um at the the paddington station as well you know wearing bright yellows and you know it's she is gearing up for a, a, a big weekend of festivities in a couple of weeks. So it's definitely going to be um, exciting and it's good to see her. It definitely is. Um, but for the first time, Queen Elizabeth has asked Prince William to represent her following the death of a foreign ruler. So Prince William traveled to the United Arab Emirates to pay condolences following the death of his highness. I'm gonna, uh, apologies if I screw this up. Um, Sheikha Khalifa bin Zayed al-Nahan, president of the United Arab Emirates and ruler of Abu Dhabi. So Prince William met with Mohammed bin Zayed al-Nahan, who has been appointed as president of the United Arab Emirates. So he was seen there um, speaking. And, you know, like we said, this is kind of a big deal. This is the first time that the queen has asked um, Prince William to represent her following the death of a foreign ruler. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think recently um, Prince Charles represented the queen following the death of a foreign sovereign. Um, and But the, Prince Charles and Camilla are in Canada on this big um, Jubilee tour. Mm -hmm. So it is a huge honor for her to have asked William to go on her behalf. And when you look at the list of other foreign royals who you know, did the same thing. It is the kings and queens of these nations um, of Spain and the Netherlands and other countries um, throughout Europe. And so it's a huge honor for William to be there. And I think he did a great job representing the queen and the United Kingdom. Yeah. And it just shows that he's taking on more and more responsibility, you know, each and every week, it seems like he's doing a, a little bit more. Um, yeah, well, speaking of Prince William, he paid a visit to new dame, Deborah James, the BBC host shared photos of the Royal at uh, her family home and he presented her with the damehood on her and she wrote on instagram prince william actually came to our family house today i am utterly honored that he joined us for afternoon tea and champagne where he not only spent a generous amount of time talking to my whole family but also honored me with my damehood it's quite surreal having a royal pop in at home and yes you can imagine the cleaning antics and preparation went off the scale but it was all irrelevant because william was so kind and he put us all at ease he is clearly passionate about improving oncology outcomes as the president of the Royal Marsden. It was such a special day for my whole family, making memories to last a lifetime. He's welcome back anytime. All oh, this story just like, uh, it like brings tears to your eyes, like just reading about it. She is, um, she's only 40 years old. She's currently in hospice. She's battling bowel cancer. She has two young children and this just breaks your heart. I know this story is just so moving. So she's been a, a blogger and a writer and a, com a podcaster, and she's done a lot of campaigns raising money and awareness for um, cancer throughout, throughout the UK, but also research internationally. And finally, you know, her illness has just overcome her body and reading these posts has been so emotional. And when she wrote this very, very moving farewell post, which again, like you just, you know, you want to cry just thinking about it. Um, it almost went wild on the internet, like viral in the best way. I think last time I looked, she's raised nearly 6 million pounds for cancer research. And one of the organizations was um, the Royal Marston Hospital of which Prince William is, I think he's the president. Um, and so all of these things kind of 
spiraled together where she raised all this money in such a short amount of time, all this awareness for these causes. She was given, you know, a damehood almost sort of in the final hour. Um, Prince William went to her house to present her with her damehood because obviously she's not going to an investiture anytime soon. Um, it was just so moving. And I think that this is such a, a beautiful example of the magic that the royal family holds in that they can do this for this woman and her family and, you know, the people that have, you know, they can recognize this work. Yeah, no, it was a, a really touching, beautiful moment. And like she said, these are memories for her family to last a lifetime. And, um, you know, it's a, a beautiful, a, a beautiful thing, but it's, it's so tragic as well. It really is. Yeah. Our hearts go out to her. All right. Well, uh, continuing to talk, Prince William was busy this week, um, but <laughs> this, this I'm sure he wasn't very happy about because he was booed by football fans at Wembley Stadium during the FA Cup final between Liverpool and Chelsea. Take a listen to this. February. The FA presentation party is led by the president of the Football Association, His Royal Highness, the Duke of Cambridge. Yeah, so Liverpool Echo football writer Connor O'Neill explained why fans of the Anfield Club chose to distance themselves from the national anthem after people were making rude gestures while that played and God Save the Queen was played. He wrote the origins of why the red half of Mirside boo the national anthem can be traced back to the 1980s. The conservative, the conservative government's managed decline of the city was then followed by the failing of the government following the Hillsborough disaster further entrenched those feelings. A flag regu regularly spotted at Anfield reads, Scouse, not English, and will most likely be on display at most games. So I think a lot of people may have been a little confused about why he was booed. I mean, I don't know. Was it a little out of line? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's true. You know, we've kind of um, like held up a microscope to one specific moment and it looks like they, they do this booing at every match, um, apparently towards any sort of authority figure, whether it's the government, the Royals, anything that's sort of authoritative, just to push back on this historic event. Um, and again, it's been going on since the 80s. And I think that um, there was a royal report that sort of called it out as if it was directed towards Prince William, which bizarrely it wasn't. You see, Again, they said, like, you'll see that flag at almost every match. Right. And I mean, we're talking 40 years, you know, 30, 40 years of this happening. Um I mean, is, is it appropriate and respectful? I think that these people are really passionate about the issue at hand, mm -hmm. um, but obviously booing anybody in that, in a, in a formal capacity, isn't really respectful. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Kate and William took over UK radio on Friday, May 13th at 10 59 AM. Now every radio station in the UK united to play a message from the Duke and Duchess dubbed the mental health minute. Take a quick listen. Hello, I'm Catherine. And I'm William. And we'd like to talk... For just one minute about loneliness. We're all in different places right now. Not just physically, but mentally. And we can all feel lonely sometimes. No matter who or where we are. We can feel it for many different reasons. But we can all help each other feel less isolated and more connected. The past two years have really reminded us of the importance of human relationships. So, if you think someone you know might be feeling lonely, just give them a ring. Send them a text or knock on the door. Maybe suggest meeting for a cup of tea or a walk. Because these small acts of kindness can make a big difference and help us all feel less lonely. 
So, apologies for interrupting every radio station in the country. But if we interrupt the lives of those who are feeling alone, we can help lift them out of loneliness. I love this. I think this is a great idea, you know, kind of um, spotlighting how people can be have loneliness over the course of the pandemic, not just over the course of the pandemic, but, you know, you know, when they're going through a tough time to check in on people, you know, make sure your mental health is at the forefront. And this is not the first time that they have been involved in mental health minute. Right. Right. This is um, I think the second or maybe third time that they've done this or a similar project. Um, and it's so important to normalize it. And when you have the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, you know, the future king and queen normalizing this idea of it's OK to feel lo- we all feel lonely at times. It's OK to have these feelings. Get help if you need it. There's so much of their work links back to mental health. So many of their projects are passionately pushing mental health forward. I know Prince William has been talking about a lot about mental health in sport this week and men's mental health. You know, Kate just did the maternal mental health week. So they're so passionate about it. And I think why that that's important because they are normalizing that conversation for everybody else. Definitely. Yeah. Very, very important. Um, well, Prince Harry is actually urging new, new legislative about children and social media. Speaking at the virtual launch of UK advocacy group, Five Rights Foundation's Child Online Safety to Quit, the Duchess, uh, the Duke of Sussex slammed social media giants for treating children as digital experiments to make money. He said, as parents, my wife and I are concerned about the next generation growing up in a world where they are treated as digital experiments for companies to make money and where things like hatred and harm are somehow normalized. We want our children and all children to feel empowered to speak up. He added, we're at a critical moment where it will take all of us for children to thrive in the digital world. We need new laws. We need public pressure. We need strong leadership. I totally agree. I mean, this is, um, you know, with two young children, you, both of us, you know, growing up in this social media world, it's scary. I know. And it's, it's amazing how so much of it has kind of, rather than doing the research beforehand and then exposing young children to it, we've all, and these big companies have just kind of, um, you know, let the children be the social experiment and that we've, we're seeing so much fallout from that and so many repercussions from, you know, letting adolescents use social media in the way that they do. And, you know, the Duke of Sussex has really seen the ugliest side of the internet. He really knows how terrible it can be and how little these companies do to protect people. Um, so I think he has definitely the right experience to be speaking out about this issue and hopefully the right platform to push these companies to do something different. Yeah. They have to do something different. Something's got to change. It's a, a I know I, like you said, you, I think about my two young boys and just think, God, I, I hope it's, I hope we don't even recognize it. And they laugh at us when we say back in my day. Right. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Totally. Well, this is a fun story. So Camilla, the Duchess of Cornwall teamed up with former great British bake-off judge, Dame Mary Berry for the culmination of Fortnum and Mason's competition to find the pudding that will be named in Queen Elizabeth's honor as she celebrates her Platinum Jubilee. Camilla announced that Gemma Melvin's Lemon Swiss Roll and Amaretti Trifle beat 5,000 other desserts to become the official Platinum Pudding. Give me some of that. It looks delicious. (laughs) So Melvin's Trifle, so it's consisting of a lemon curd Swiss Roll on the bottom, jelly, lemon custard, Amaretti biscuits, Mandarin Coolis, fresh whipped cream, candy peel, chocolate shards, and crushed amaretti biscuits on top. Wow, the judges. And it won by unanimous decision. Like one 
clearly beat out 5,000 others. The winning recipe will be served during lunches uh, during Jubilee weekend. I mean, what a great honor. So cool. This is so cool. So this is actually the, the idea behind this competition is that this recipe is going to join the sort of iconic Royal recipe guild. You know, it's, it's not a real guild, but things right. like coronation chicken, which was created for the queen's coronation, which is hugely popular. I mean, you can get coronation chicken sandwiches at the gas station in the UK. Um, chocolate biscuit cake, which has become, you know, really iconic since William and Kate's wedding, you know, recipes like that, that we really, um, you know, uh, are iconic when you think about the Royal family, this is going to be one of them. Um, so I'm so excited. It sounds delicious. I'm going to have to buy a trifle, a trifle bowl and give it a shot. I mean, how exciting for her. <laughs> so exciting. And it looks like so, so good. So very, very cool. So if you're in the area and if you're going to one of these lunches, get get ready, save some room for dessert. So. Right, get a slice and report back. <laughs> yes, please do. All right, well now it is time to spill the royal tea and Prince William and Duchess Kate will be attending the UK premiere of Top Gun Maverick alongside Tom Cruise pretty fun. Um, now this is not the first time that the couple have seen the highly anticipated film. They were actually given a sneak peek, um, a couple of weeks back because Prince William is a huge fan of the original Top Gun. And we know that they like to kind of come out for these big red carpet events. You know, they were just at uh, a few months back at James Bond. So whenever there's a big, big event or a big uh, movie premiere, they are there. And I always love to see it. Yeah. So there's, um, so they usually attend because I think they're quite the glamorous Royal family couple, you know, I don't know that anyone would call Prince Charles glamorous. Um, they tend to, uh, attend these Royal film premieres in London and only select films are sort of dubbed Royal film premieres. They usually benefit one of the larger charities, the Royal foundation, something like that. Um, so I'm so excited to see them. I don't know that it's going to be as glamorous as the Bond premiere, mm -hmm. uh, but I am excited to see what Kate wears because lately her gowns and her formal wear have just been out of this world. Oh, definitely. Well, if it's anything like the U.S. premiere of Top Gun, Tom Cruise flew in on a helicopter, so maybe he'll do the same thing here. <laughs> maybe we'll William will be flying the helicopter. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, James Corden opened up about his friendship with Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan. He told the son that he has hosted play dates for their kids saying it was more of a sort of a play date scenario. Then we went out for dinner after it was lovely. He said, obviously I'm not telling you anymore. He added, look, I'm a huge fan of both of them. Obviously I know Harry better than I know Megan, but I think it's really hard to judge or be judgmental. I have a huge amount of respect and admiration for Harry and anyone who has been around him and spent time with him would feel exactly the same way. I think he is devoted and loving husband and father. And I think what they have done in turning away from the Royal life is incredibly brave and I'll always be in their corner. Nice to know that he has a good friend around the corner. Yeah, it's so interesting. I do feel like they've formed this sort of likely but unlikely friendship. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of British people in the U.S. tend to, you know, find camaraderie with each other, you know, like that shared experience. Right. And I really related to the idea of like, you know, you schedule a play date for your kids to get to know the parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very relatable. Um, and I loved he shared like a little moment from the royal wedding. So much of that their wedding was really private, which, you know, I, I think it was their right. Um, but he said that uh, George Clooney was there and, you know, George Clooney is famously an espresso spokesperson mm -hmm. and model. So he said, I hope you enjoy your new Nespresso maker. And I think everyone really 
enjoyed that. <laughs> I love that so much. I think that's so great. Yeah. But like you said, it's good that they have formed this friendship, but unfortunately, uh, James Corden is leaving the late, late show. So I think he's probably heading back to the UK. So, uh, I don't know. Hopefully they'll have to squeeze in a lot of play dates before that. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well now, now it is time to break down the Royal rules. And we're super excited about this, um, because Simon Durant, he is the general manager at Epsom Downs, the Derby hosting the platinum Jubilee. And he is going to tell us exactly what goes into planning such a big, event. Take a look. I know that you were a busy man. You only have a few more weeks until the Jubilee. So what did it mean to you when you heard that Buckingham Palace announced that Kazoo Derby would be part of the official Platinum Jubilee weekend? Um, absolutely delighted, if I'm honest. Um, we know that Her Majesty the Queen loves her racing. We know that she loves coming to the Derby. I think she's missed four in her 70-year reign. Two of those were sadly because of COVID and when we were all in lockdown. So then to be told that it was going to be an official engagement and part of the four-day celebration, delighted. So looking forward to welcoming Her Majesty back to the race course um, on, on the 4th of June. I know that you said that there are some um, special guests and performances going on. What can you kind of tease and what can we expect? Well, every year is special on Derby Day. And I think Derby Day is very unique because we welcome everybody from Her Majesty the Queen to friends and family to corporate clients, etc. So there's always something going on on Derby Day. But this year, because of the Platinum Jubilee, it is so special. And this is our opportunity to... Welcome the Queen back to Epsom. Um, as I say, been missing for a couple of years. But more importantly, to say thank you. We know that the Queen loves her racing. We know that she's been part of our event for so very, very long. So to be able to say thank you to, to Her Majesty when she's here with flag bearers, with children, with, with people that she's worked with back in the day as, as perhaps um, ex-jockeys, that's one area. We're also bringing a lot of our racing charities to the event. So all of the parts of the industry that, that, that make our industry what it is are going to be with us on the day to yeah, A, say thank you and B, say this is what we do, British racing, and this is what the Derby is all about. Love it. I think something about the Jubilee that's so moving is how much of it is about thanking Her Majesty for her service. Um, is there a lot of pressure to, you know, get things exactly right for her? I mean, are you a bit nervous? <laughs> I'm always nervous. And, and having Her Majesty join us um, every year puts that added bit of pressure onto all of us because we want to make it right. And this year... Is without exception we want to make sure that that she has a great time but equally we want to make sure that all of our spectators have a good time so whether whether you're in around the royal box whether you're having some hospitality or whether you're out on the hill with your friends and family enjoying a picnic that pressure is is, is the same throughout we want everyone to go home thinking what a great day we've had a couple of winners or more um and and we've gone home safe and sound and we're going to book for next year so yeah whether you're the queen or whether you're friends and family really important that we give everyone a, a cracking day um have you had any personal interactions with the queen you know as she attends every year so I have um, been really fortunate enough, actually, yes, to uh, for the last mm, seven years, bar the two that we sadly lost, I have been in the receiving line to uh, to meet Her Majesty. Um, and it's definitely one to tell the grandkids, isn't it, that, that, you, that you met this, this lovely lady uh, and this so welcoming and smiling lady to the race course. So, yep, I have met her. It's been my, I don't know, 30 seconds or minute of fame, but... but mm -hmm. 
just so special. Whether it happens this year or not, I, I don't know yet. But yeah, I, I certainly have before. I love that. Did she have a favorite horse over the years? Oh, I think you'd better ask ask her that question. But, but I don't know whether you know it's the Derby is one, the only one of the five classics here in the UK that she hasn't won. So while she probably has many favorite horses that have won races outside of the Derby, it's this race that that, that still eludes her. Oh, we better make sure a win happens for the, for the Platinum. Well, unfortunately, we know that she hasn't got a runner in the Derby this okay. year. Um, she may have a runner in one of the other um, six races on the day, yet to be confirmed. But yes, sadly, it's not going to be this year. Okay, well, then she can just sit back and enjoy. No pressure. Absolutely, absolutely right. How will you be showcasing the relationship between the Queen and the Derby? Because like you said, you know, this kind of goes hand in hand, this relationship. No, it really does. And I think, as, as I said before, this is our real opportunity to say thank you. Mm -hmm. So we are so fortunate that she does choose to come to the Derby. And, and this year is no exception. So with, with the introduction of flag bearers, with the introduction of the racing charities area, with bringing um, some of her ex-jockeys back to, to play. Uh, and the other thing is, back a, a few years ago, I think it was her 90th birthday, we renamed the Coronation Cup um, for Her Majesty. We're not doing that this year. We're doing something we feel is even more special. I'm sat in the Queen's Stand, um, which is 30 years old this year, but we're actually going to rename it in her honour. So it will become the Queen Elizabeth II Stand, um, and, and, and hopefully she'll really appreciate that, and, and, and it will live for a long time coming. Love that. I love that. I feel like all these Jubilee things, like these honours, and again, like thanking her, it makes me really emotional. I know that's <laughs> Um, how do you hope that she feels after um, after Derby Day? Well, if I knew that she did have a runner in the Derby, I was going to say I hope she would feel elated and she'd seen her <laughs> horse come home with success. I actually feel that I, I really want her to just come and enjoy her day out. Mm -hmm. um, we know that she loves her racing. We know that she loves spending time with, with friends and family. So I really want her to come, enjoy a good day out, Maybe she'll pick a winner or two as well and uh, be able to enjoy that success. Yeah, so excited about this. And I'm sure it is something that Queen Elizabeth is definitely looking forward to. Again, she loves her horses. Anytime there's horses, she is very happy to be there. <laughs> Cannot wait. All right, well, in our Royal History Moment of the Week, the Queen is giving us a rare peek into her own jewelry box as part of her historic Platinum Jubilee celebrations. She is loaning several pieces of her personal jewelry to the Royal Collection Trust to exhibit at the various palaces uh, this summer. So at Windsor Castle from July 7th to September 26th, her Norman Hartnell designed coronation dress and her purple silk velvet robe of estate will be shown alongside five brooches that represent the emblems of the Commonwealth as a nod to the same floral emblems embroidered by hand onto the dress. Very cool. It's also, it's always really interesting to see these, you know, royal jewels on display and because you never really get that up close and personal look at them. Right. I know you're talking about like priceless jewels yeah. and mm -hmm. diamonds and, you know, rare gemstones. It's amazing to see them in person. And just, I think even the, the coronation dress, I think because when we think of the coronation, it's sort of in photos and in, you know, in videos, it seems very like, almost like you're watching a movie and to see those things in person, it's kind of like, oh, wow, this is real history. Yeah, it really is history in the making. So if you're 
out and about, make sure to, to pop in and take a look. All right. Well, it is time to check in on our pint sized palace. And Kate and William made a trip to Scotland recently where William joked once again about get Kate getting some baby fever. They visited a primary school where young students are learning about empathy by observing an infant, AKA their tiny teacher. Um, William joked, can you get my wife out of here before she gets broody? Um, I love this. He's, he makes these comments a lot. Yeah, he's made this joke a lot. I feel like there's some like really funny conversations going on at home. I feel like <laughs> that too. When they get in the car after these events, she's sort of giving him a, a knowing look and he's like, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's like, we got our hands full at home. But right. um, oh it was it was nice. He did uh, leave Scotland with some souvenirs because while visiting Edinburgh's part of Midlothian a football club to support their mental health program, um, it uses soccer as an opportunity to bring men together to tackle mental health and emotional well-being. He was gifted some personal soccer jerseys for his kids. They had their names on the back. Very, very cute. So sweet. I love, I love when they give gifts for the kids. I feel like yeah. gifts for the adults are kind of are polite. When they do something for the kids, it's really nice. It really is. It really is. And I'm sure the kids are always, as soon as they walk in the door, what'd you guys get me? What'd you get? So, <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Well, um, like we said, this was a big week in Royal news that we're going to, and I'm sure it's going to keep on going with the platinum Jubilee right around the corner. So Christine and I, of course, will keep you updated as we get all that information. Yeah. I yep. can't wait. The next couple of weeks are going to be really fun, I think. So much fun. So much fun. All right. Well, guys, keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we'll see you guys next week.